Hello and welcome to Real AI Now, a podcast about real applications of AI in business brought to you by Two Impulse. My name is Mark Ciambetti. I'm a product manager at Two Impulse, and today I'm your host on Real AI Now. Today we are speaking about a very important and interesting topic in the AI space, namely data centers. As you know, data centers, they do power the digital economy. They are critical for all digital services and currently use around one to 2% of the worldwide electricity consumption with growing expectations. So all the AI models, uh, which are developed now need to run somewhere. And today we have a very special guest who's an expert in that field and can shed some light on data centers, technology trends, and their importance for the digital transformation. So before I introduce our guest, I would like to inform you that you can subscribe to this podcast. You should also like this episode if you like it. This podcast is available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and you will find the link for those in the description below. Now, I would like to say a very warm welcome to our guest, Rui Rivero. Hello, Rui. Hello, Mark. How do you do? Great. Pleasure. Pleasure to have you here. So for our listeners, thank you. So Rui is the general manager of IP Telecom, one of the largest data center providers in uh, Portugal. He has been a sales director in his career. He's a professor. He has a broad um, business as well as academic uh, curriculum with an MBA, uh, um, I think PhD from university and uh, from the top colleges in, in Portugal and around the world. So thanks again, uh, Rui, for, for joining us today. Thank you. And yeah, so to get started, so tell us a bit about the data center you're managing and the challenges you have these days as a general manager of one of the largest data centers in Portugal. Well, uh, Mark, uh, thanks again to, to, for this uh, invitation to, to be in here with you today. Um, but the, just to, to speak a little about IP Telecom, IP Telecom is uh, an enterprise telco and cloud uh, uh, pro service provider here in Portugal, just for the Portuguese market. Uh, our core business is on the telco for the, on the wholesale and retail uh, uh, for the uh, telco operators in here, basically because we have the, the biggest uh, high-speed networks uh, on, on fiber optics in Portugal. So basically what we call a kind of highways of uh, communications here in Portugal. So in for the backbones for the telco operators. And this is one of our, uh, or the biggest business uh, from our side. Mm -hmm. And we also have three data centers uh, that uh, are leveraging precisely this uh, communication network, you know, high-speed communication network that uh, are uh, based in Lisbon, uh, Oporto and Viseu, which uh, uh, receive this um, availability of these networks that also, uh, and these networks also provide uh, communications for the major telco providers, several uh, ind industries here in Portugal from healthcare, retail, uh, in, um, factories and, and mm -hmm. several ones. Um, again, we, uh, we, we are a 100% state owned company which means that 
we we are focused precisely on the the service or you know, the quality of the service and we have a kind of mission also to improve the the economy in portugal okay mm -hmm. uh the, this is uh, i would say one of our uh, dnas here uh to to work um with the local economy daily basis yeah okay so this is in i would say two minutes what is ip telecom okay mm -hmm. okay that that's great thank you thank you for that so um in the recent years or so we have uh, seen the rise of artificial intelligence and machine learning um i mean the name of this podcast is real ai now and this ai um, let's say um, models need to run somewhere how has AI and machine learning changed um, requirements towards the data center? How do you see that evolve? Well, um, the, the, the thing is that the, the digital world uh, is speeding up everything, okay? Mm -hmm. And the human resources, the human uh, uh, abilities and capabilities, uh, uh, they, they have, uh, I would say, uh, limitations physical limitations uh, we have only have two arms and one head which means that uh, we need to be focused uh, basically uh, and i i don't i i'm not able to replicate myself okay i have some kids but that's uh, they 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 are still growing uh, and so on so basically we uh, the human resources they are uh, they have limited skills in terms of scalability Saying this, uh, the only uh, thing that is able to scale is precisely also the technology inside the digital world. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this market, in this uh, data centers market, uh, we we need uh, to assure that everything is up and running. And uh, uh, the automation is essential in order to be able not only to provide uh, a good uh, quality of service in the several uh, layers, but also to be able to scale for new services and even to be able to, I would say, anticipate some uh, issues that might happen in the future. Okay, mm -hmm. saying this, uh, our teams, our infrastructures, they are uh, being uh, developed across uh, a new uh, set of architectures where the automations are built in. Okay, and these automations, uh, they uh, they they live throughout the data that they create. That they provide mm -hmm. and it's where uh, of course the the artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, concepts uh, through uh, the ai are uh, are in which means that our teams they today have a set of tools that not only are able to i would say monitoring uh, in the in a operational daily basis, but also that we have, uh, uh, I would say, the team managers 
and the, the planning uh, teams on the several uh, layers of the uh, infrastructure that are using uh, some AI tools, some uh, machine learning concepts and, and softwares uh, to, to help them to plan better in the future and of course to um, anticipate some issues that might happen even in the hardware components mm -hmm. that's, uh, that they have also uh, uh, a life cycle uh, time frame. Okay. So, so I hear two, two types of AI. So basically one uh, type of AI you are using actually to run your data center in a, in a better way, right? To improve data security, avoid outages, yeah. uh, I don't know, detect uh, um, faulty well, hardware. Today, today we, we are all only able to survive on the cybersecurity environment uh, only with uh, AI tools. Okay, mm -hmm. it's an essential thing to to have. Okay, uh, okay. this is a, an example. Uh, we also have today, and we are building some projects where our IOTs that we have in the in the the networks mm -hmm. uh, on the. The fiber optics on the data centers itself, where we have uh, more or less uh, 8,000 8, uh, IoT sensors mm -hmm. that are providing data. And this kind of information not only provides immediate data in terms of uh, operational tasks to do, but also anticipate and even um we we try in, and we are uh, surviving in a, in a energy uh case uh, today mm -hmm. um and the, this information it's quite important to improve our uh, energy uh, consumption basically efficiency internally okay this is uh, where ai is getting in for sure okay yeah um, so, so, so that's basically um, operationalizing the, the data center. I'm also curious about this AI-powered loads. So I'm thinking of, okay, uh, training models with uh, GPUs, right? And energy, uh, let's say high energy consumption of these models. How has that changed in the way also the, the data center operates? So basically, do you see the AI loads your clients have in a way changing the type of servers they use, the type of application they run? The way you need to operate a data center. Uh, basically, it's it's uh, what uh, what we are uh, seeing is that the the CPU and GPU uh, processing needs they are um, being higher than mm -hmm. in, in the past. What we have done, and in here we, uh, I would say that we have uh, uh, some competitive advantage because our uh, recent uh, uh, re-architecture of the data centers infrastructure of our clouds uh, is quite recent, which means that mm -hmm. our uh, servers, our hardware um, is also, uh, I would say, the best of breeds on, on in terms of hardware mm -hmm. uh, and we we see uh, quite different quite difference between the exit the today's uh, new infrastructure and the previous one in terms of uh, new, uh, hardware which means that uh, we are not yet in the uh, in the full speed of this infrastructure infrastructure but we are seeing 
a faster speed of consumption than okay. in the past. Okay, and this is a new uh, thing that we are seeing, and of course, I would say the clustering, the the distribution of the the, um, the processing across the several data centers uh, is uh, being higher than in the past, and we are seeing that for sure. Okay. Would you say that this is due to uh, so like uh, intensifying the load? So we're thinking about virtualization. Or do you also see a trend going back to bare metal for high compute uh, use cases? Well, in, in our case, uh, it's uh, uh, virtualization. Mm -hmm. Okay. In our case, uh, we uh, we don't uh, work uh, yet uh, in the high performance uh, uh, com computing. Um, so we don't have that case internally. Our okay. uh, type of customers uh, that uh, hasn't um, because we work, I would say, in a typical enterprise level mm -hmm. uh, where the high performance computing here in Portugal, uh, we are, I'd say, a, a small country in Europe, um, and we in the markets besides some universities and some one or two companies, uh, these requir requirements, they don't really exist uh, in, in our market. In, in the virtualization, everything for us is, is virtualization uh, in even for uh, with the new um, types of architecture for DevOps and so on, Kubernetes and, mm -hmm. and uh, those kind of trends that uh, and technologies that are being built yeah okay yeah so, so that's very interesting so basically um as you are in portugal you are the local provider for many uh, corporates as i understand it there how do you position yourself compared to the let's say large cloud providers which we know what uh, makes api telecom special and where can you i don't know have this competitive advantage you you mentioned right yeah. so the, the uh, one of the main competitive advantage is for, for sure the latency mm -hmm. okay um, and uh, we uh, and the latency uh, and because we 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 focus on the critical uh, systems for the comp for the corporate uh, uh, organizations uh, we we focus on uh, on this kind of service, which means that the latency, the, the uh, just giving a, a, an example, um, we have a, a quite important uh, customer that is one of the biggest uh, uh, companies in terms of uh, exports mm -hmm. um, um, that has a factory in the in the center of Portugal uh, and uh, their data center. Uh, which is ours, it's in the Oporto the okay. city and the disaster recovery in Viseu. Uh, and they have the, 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 the offices in Lisbon, which means they have a fully distributed architecture. Mm -hmm. and, and the only way that they are able to have this kind of architecture is precisely our uh, competitive, competitive advantage of having our uh, communications and engineering with the cloud uh, service engineering okay mm -hmm. and this is quite important and this is not yet uh, even with some edge computing technologies that uh, the the other i would say the high 
hypercloud providers they have. Uh, so these kind of solutions uh, where the latency uh, is uh, crucial for the business is our main competitive advantage, okay? This is quite important. Of course, the data sovereignty is uh, also uh, uh, another uh, important thing. Um, and I would say that the, um, uh, this unfortunately war that we have in Europe has um, uh, show what might happen in the future uh, worldwide i hope not but uh, it's a risk that the companies they, they need to understand and even uh, european union is understanding this and this data governance or, or in terms of sovereignty is uh, also important because our customers they know exactly and they i would say they can see with their eyes they can visit our data centers where they their information uh, is okay. okay. These kind of things, and of yeah. course, we also uh, we are a, a Portuguese company uh, working for Portugal and for companies that uh, work in Portugal. And the language it's it's always um, um, an important thing uh, to to okay to work also. Yeah. I think this is a strong case, right, to be less dependent on big tech and all the dependencies we see now, right, emerging in in, in, in yeah. situation of crisis. But uh, have in mind that uh, those hypercloud providers, they mm -hmm. have other competitive advantage, uh, of course, uh, and they they have advantage in, uh, against us for several other uh, cases. Uh, I'm just focusing in what are our competitive advantages, which mm -hmm. are critical services across public administration, across uh, critical factories, critical data, uh, uh, data uh, sovereignty, mm -hmm. and these kind of things. Yeah. So in essence, if basically, let's make a bit in an extreme scenario, Portugal gets disconnected from the internet, the local economy can still work, can still survive, yeah. can still operate factories. Yeah. So you are not dependent on um, more of geopolitical exports. I would say that today we, we have the proof that um, by somehow, hope not, it can happen. Okay. Mm -hmm. And let, let me just uh, uh, say that we also have four connect, uh, international connections. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, directly with our uh, fiber optics through uh, for the europe okay mm -hmm. okay yeah speaking of of, of uh, europe and data sovereignty and movements in, in within europe uh what's your take on gaia x the european uh, cloud initiative or the initiative by the european union are you involved in that how do you see that involving what's your 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 thoughts yeah. on that we we uh, we were the first Portuguese company, and we are uh, a day one member of Gaia X also, mm -hmm. uh, precisely because we 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 see this that this data security and data sovereignty uh, it's quite important. Uh, because the, the directive of, of open data, uh, in, in the, namely in the public administration, to, to leverage the economy, it's quite important. And we, as a 100% state-owned company, we are uh, working 
for Gaia X in, in, the, in our country. What we have built uh, uh, what is and today is, is up and running uh, Gaia X lab here in Portugal in order for the, the market to be able to develop applications. Okay. I would say in this in this stage, I would say a lab for, for free. Uh, mm -hmm. Another tool uh, uh, for the several Portuguese companies, uh, public administrations to work, to, to build and to have um, capabilities to uh, build the Gaia-X concept uh, in here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want to make a move back to the topic of, of artificial intelligence and AI. Yeah. We spoke a bit about how you're using it within the data center to, uh, I don't know, um, defend against distributed denial of service attacks to improve data security, avoid outages or to spot defects. Um, I also wanted to, to link this uh, again to the, to the energy consumption. So you said, okay, you're actively working on also making use of this, let's say data coming out of this network of IoT sensors yeah. to better understand current operations. Can you give our, our listeners a couple of, of thoughts about um, what are the surprising things you discovered on that journey? What were the aha effects, and um, how do you plan to expand this in the in the future? So, what what we have done in, in the recent month and last year, uh, main uh, as I would say, our main uh, investment was in the last uh, few years. Uh, we we uh, basically what we have done so, some years ago was to uh, be sure and to install an infrastructure uh, with a partner and a, a tool that was able to address everything in terms of operational uh, management mm -hmm. in the several data centers. Reason why I, I told you previously where we had 8,000 sensors, um, in, namely on the energy side. What we have done uh, with, uh, with even with two impulse uh, mm -hmm. teams uh, was precisely to uh, start a set of um, proof of concepts in order to understand the data, in order to not only to know the past, but also to predict the future and to control yes. the future. Saying this, uh, we understood that, uh, for instance, we were able uh, to control, uh, I would say, with the outside temp temperature, uh, the, the the to be more efficient and to reduce the the internal consumption in terms of, of energy, and the the first results were quite uh, interesting uh, because we we understand that with this uh, proactive way of doing things, not only uh, what we were doing in terms of controlling. Uh, what is happening in the future, but mm -hmm. uh, predicting the future, we uh, we uh, if we applied in the past some rules, mm -hmm. we were able to reduce more or less twenty percent, twenty to thirty percent the energy consumption, which mm -hmm. in these days is quite important. Okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so what we are doing today is to create 
predictive analysis, predictive models in order to uh, address and to, um, uh, I would say, uh, align uh, in a, a kind of dynamic way of doing things. Um, all the management in the first stage for the energy, but in the second stage, we will go to the overall um, uh, infrastructure of the data center from the communications to the service and so on. So we are improving this knowledge internally also because uh, we are a, a company with um, 22 years old mm -hmm. and uh, we need also to change some uh, culture, uh, I would say traditional culture in order to for the, the teams to understand the benefits of, of this uh, new proactive and dynamical way of doing things. Not, which means that uh, we should not work only on the, the typical process that is already defined from the past. We need to change it and to be more, I would say, mind open to uh, test uh, these new technologies and it's what we are doing. Okay, so you're really using like a data-driven approach where you see, okay, what's actually happening and then yeah. doing the, the right things for that scenario you're currently in and not just sticking, let's say, to a strict process, but yeah. using data to yeah. actually steer. Yeah. In the, in and and to, 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 to understand what are really the, the variables that might, uh, uh, might uh, I would say, might be more influenced on these uh, needs of this efficiency. Just for you to, to, to understand, there are um, uh, there is an, a simple example where uh, when we've made uh, we have made uh, uh, a, a test in some I'll say analysis of some um, system of the air of the free cooling uh, of mm -hmm. the data centers where the, the operational environment says everything is green but uh, the 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 speeds of lowering the temperature uh, was not as fast as it should be which means that with that analysis of that mm -hmm. uh, i would say data science analysis we understood that there was some uh, uh, part of the free cooling that was not working well. Okay. Okay. So, so just to to our listeners who don't know the concept of free cooling, so free cooling is the idea that when temperatures outside drop yeah. below a certain degree, right, you're taking the air from the outside to cool yeah. the the server rooms, right? Yeah. So, so what you're saying, there was like a kind of a filter which was stuck or the airflow was not going. That was not fast enough. That's, uh, uh, I would say that the temperature was lowering, but mm -hmm. it was not so fast, uh, fast enough that in, I would say, in the human uh, eyes, it was normal. But uh, it uh, showed us that there was a problem in a uh, uh, compressor in the free cooling uh, system, which means that we anticipate uh, a possible future issue and mm -hmm. with a, a normal uh, substitu substitution of, of, of that um, infrastructure. Okay. Yeah. 
so for me, the, the, the exciting thing I hear there, and I know a couple of people from Twimpal, they work on a particular project, so we exchanged. I think it's this idea, right, that you can apply this retrofit. The data center is there. Yeah. You have solutions and you can make better use of the equipment and everything you have, right? Maybe you would do that differently when you build a new data center, but the one you have, right, it's really tweaking out the best you can do and optimizing all the different parameters yeah. you have. And we have the data. Mm -hmm. the, the thing is that uh, when you have uh, a digital environment in any kind of uh, uh, company, because uh, today probably uh, almost everything uh, it, it has some kind of digital uh, fingerprints, mm -hmm. um, we it it's, it means that we have data inside our company. We need to have a, a, a data analysis in order to, to understand better what is happening. And uh, that's what we are doing. We uh, have not after, I'd say the operational layer, we are investing in this uh, strategical layer in, in the several areas of our business, of course. Okay, yeah. So that's, so basically, okay, in, in, in the current situation with kind of like exploding energy prices, right? So I don't know, saving yeah. energy, that point is 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 crucial, right? Because that's real money you can save, which is eating yeah. into the margin, etc. Yeah. Um, but on one side, it's also okay. You still need energy, right? I think the topic of sustainable compute is also an interesting one. So low carbon energy, and you know, how can you scale? Because like the digital economy is growing, right? Like the, there's going to mm -hmm. be the need for more compute capacity over time. How do you make sustainable compute happen? Like can one side saving? Uh, let me uh, tell you one thing. So we, we need, uh, and we are on the, again, on the technology, in a technology environment. And uh, just for you to understand, we, in the last year, we've changed uh, our um, data uh, hardware um, mm -hmm. routers and switches and, and so on. And in some cases, we we lower seventy to eighty percent of energy consumption. Oh wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Okay. Why? Because we need uh, from time to time uh, to keep investing on new uh, technologies that are, of course, more uh, energy efficient. Um, they have energy efficiency better than the previous ones. On the server side, exactly the same. So uh, the the servers are quite thinner than the previous ones. Mm -hmm. So this kind of investments, it's one of our um, focus also. Uh, because the energy is going higher, we don't know yet what, uh, where it will stop. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and we need to keep working in several sides uh, of the, the table, okay? With the data, with the hardware uh, uh, updates, with the software updates, <clears throat> so we have several threads working. And mm -hmm. uh, the the... The interesting thing is that we we look uh, to the past and uh, we compare things and we see where we are and where we were. And if we don't didn't had do nothing, what 
it would, would happen for, for us. Okay, yeah. So as, as we are slowly getting to the end of our discussion, I have one, one last question for you. If you would have one wish, what the data center of the future could look like in, let's say, 10 years, what, what would it be? The, the, <laughs> well, futurology, it's a kind of uh, astrology. Uh, <laughs> I'm used to say that. Uh, in the technology side, after six months, uh, we we start to to get in the astrology uh, world. Um, so, but but what I, I'm seeing in terms of trends is, uh, of course, to have uh, modular, uh, I'd say, uh, buildings mm -hmm. that can grow. Get, that can be able to scale, that can be able to be moved to uh, other uh, other places and so on. So, so like in a container, is, data center in a container? Containers, it's uh, one trend. There are other uh, things that uh, are being... Um, uh, are being in researches, but these kind of things of modular uh, cases, which means that I don't see the future of data centers as uh, we we had in the past, which was to build a big building, mm -hmm. but to 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 have I would say uh, a, a place where we will uh, build some uh, where we. Uh, put some blocks and we had blocks and we reduce blocks according. It's a kind of, it's like the clouds in terms of software. We, the data center uh, facilities are being built in terms of blocks for growing uh, to scale um, also, mm -hmm. but they are being able to also to be moved or uh, outside of the place that they were built. These kind of things are being discussed, and I see that uh, uh, this is uh, this might be a future trend on the data center. Okay, so a bit having more this uh, distributed, as we also see with distributed ledger-based applications. So let's say there's going to be more more distribution in in data centers. I'm thinking also of, of things you gave me the idea, right? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I have an analytical workload, which takes a lot of time to compute. Maybe that can be in a kind of like cheaper region where um, uh, electricity is maybe more affordable. Or if I have these high-end yeah. transactional use cases, they would be more, I don't know, closer to the city where yeah. the companies are, are and yeah. giving that proximity. Yeah, because you have two layers, uh, uh, you have two layers, the physical one and the logical one. So you can, uh, uh, I would say, change immediately those computations across where you need uh, uh, so that's, uh, that's what what we see okay. okay well i must say so thank you for the very interesting discussion uh, Rui. so uh, i learned a couple of new things uh, thanks for joining me on the real ai now podcast and uh, thank you to our listeners. thank you all thank you yeah and to our listeners, a short reminder, so if you like this episode, please uh, give us a like, um, subscribe to the channel, and you will find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. So with that, thanks, Rui, and uh, have a great day, everyone. Bye.